Vaccine Watch on Ireland's Classic Hits. <laughs> Sorry about that, Ashley. My producer's screaming in the air. Press the button, I'll press the button. You did nearly forget it. I did nearly you forget did it, nearly in fairness. Forget it. Yeah, yeah. Ruth, I mean, yes. what's the update? I mean, okay, so we were promised by the 1st of March, which was only a few days ago, well, two days ago, uh, we were promised, no, it's not actually, what date is today? The 2nd of April. Yes, okay, two, two days, days ago. ago. Yeah. Okay, uh, 1.2 million vaccines would be in people's arms. Are we anywhere close to it? So they did a very clever thing where they um, changed the phrasing and they said that they would have them in the country by uh, then. So on the thirty first, the night of the 31st, the last 120,000 vaccines arrived to make it up to that number. Okay, so they're now, not in the arms, but they're in the country. But in fairness, the HSE have put out a quote before that they said every vaccine that comes into the country is in a person's arm in five days. Yes. So that means by the end of this week. They we, should all be in arms, yes. They should, should all be in arms. Yes. Right. I'm getting mine later on today. Oh, well for some. Yeah, I'm nipping down to the Beacon Hospital. Well for some. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay, so um, how many first doses have we given? So we have five, as of Monday, I should say, we have 590,688. Yep. And then second doses is 228,988. So overall, if you add them together, it's 819,676. Okay, still a bit disappointing, isn't it, for a small population of people, really, that we're, we're at that low. Our supply is obviously still the issue. It is, but last week we did manage to do 124,512, which is way up from what we've been doing in previous weeks. So okay, they so are, the most up to that point was 75,000, I think they just hit 90. 90,000 one of the weeks but okay. like we have that's that's 30,000 extra people that does make the difference in the long run right okay okay so so ramping it up seems to be the way we're going we are starting to ramp it up a little yeah. bit okay yeah. okay and what vaccines are due in or how many have we got you in or what sort of supply have we got now because that's the big issue with supply isn't it so yeah supply is the big issue so for next week which I think is technically this week by the numbers it's between 120,000 and 125,000 they plan to distribute which is the bank what? holiday won't make a difference they're still going to be working on the bank holidays I assume and I would assume. Yeah, I haven't heard they day aren't. Off, so like. I, they work on Sunday, so I assume mm. on the bank holiday they could mm-hmm. be working. Okay. So the 120 to 125,000 is what came in on the 31st. That'll be given out over the course of the week. Right, okay. And uh, supplies going forward. Oh, well, uh, looking at those particular supplies that we have in at the moment, uh, Pfizer-BioNTech is 614,000 of those. AstraZeneca is 175 and Moderna is 30,000. Why, 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 is there a reason why we don't have as many of the Moderna? Because I imagine they're producing them like Smarties in America. They seem to be, but we don't seem to be Getting the, the Americans are using their own supply, obviously. Right, okay. So we just don't seem to be getting quite as many of them. Okay. And when they are arriving in Ireland, they're arriving in very specific areas by the looks of things. Okay, so where mainly are people getting those vaccines at the moment? What what cohort is getting them at, at this current time? <laughs> so we're still in the same cohort as last week, realistically. We're still finishing off the over 70s. There's roughly 90,000 of them left to do. And there's still a small amount of people in long-term care. There's still 90,000 of the over 70s to do? Now, that's Mind you, we second look, well, doses. Well, no, it is fair to say we, we have an older population in the United Kingdom. We have 65, or 18% of our population are over the age of 65. Yes. So, I mean, in saying that, we have an older population than the United Kingdom. So, that percentage-wise, we, we have more of the over 70s to do than they would have percentage-wise. Yes, population. and that 85 to 90,000 is over um, their second doses as well. So, then we also have to do a few long-term care facilities. There's still a few people in there who haven't been done. There's still a small number of frontline care workers and then the very high-risk cohort, there's 30,000 of them due to be done. Okay, now, so these are people of all age groups who would have a very serious underlying conditions. Yeah, between 16 and 65. People with COPD and all that kind of stuff. Is, yeah, yeah. Okay. but um, Paul Reid said that they're having a bit of an issue vaccinating them, unfortunately. What's so the issue? They've only managed to do 32,000 32, uh, high-risk people so far because they're having issues tracking them down, they claim. 
And surely, should, surely GPs, there should be some sort of central system whereby GP offices just send a list of their high priority people. I imagine that should be simple enough to do. You would think, but the quote he said was, it's challenging to identify all patients in that group, as in cohort four, cohort four and cohort seven, who are the high at risk. risk. Yeah, Medicare yeah, that's risk. because we don't have a central system in this country similar to the NHS. No, and the computers don't seem to talk to each other either. Well, which is a huge is. problem. And by the way, you know, we've had a year to work on that and we still haven't managed to figure it out. But it maybe it's a lesson learned going forward in case anything like this ever does happen again, that we need to have a central system where, where we recognise everybody's illness in the country as a whole. Yeah, and that's also the issue with people miss their people. There's reports coming out of like 500 people not showing up for their vaccines. It's because they've been double booked because the systems don't talk to each other, or right. they had their vaccine previously. And yeah, what was happening the other day when there was like 200 people didn't show up for vaccinations? Is that a case of people being double booked mostly? So a number of them were double booked. They were booked to go to two different centres to get their vaccine, and then another huge majority of them had already been vaccinated. And what happens to those 200? You bring them home and give them to your family like they did in the Coombe Hospital? Or what do, you, what do you do with those? What you're supposed to do is ring the HSE and they will send whoever is in that cohort. Whoever's less, next on the list. Yes, they are supposed to send them to the centre. They give them a couple hours warning, send them to the centre and they get it done. Because it has to be done that day, yes. They're, as soon as they're put in the syringe, they have to be done that they day, They have to yes. be used that day. Okay, now, so going forward, of course, everything has changed. The old list, by the way, if you're going on websites now, on the calculator to guess where you are, it doesn't apply anymore. No. Because the old list of, you know, professions, etc., 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 all gone. It's all been done by age. Which is, by the way, the first time I've probably agreed with this government in a year. Because I don't, I, although people are arguing that guards and teachers and nurses, no, well, nurses certainly were done, but guards and teachers should have priority. I don't necessarily agree because a 25-year-old guard is not as at risk as somebody who's 55 years of age because by the very nature of the fact that he's 25, it doesn't matter what risk he is of getting COVID, it's dying of COVID, which is the danger for everybody. So I think I think age is probably the fairest way to do it for everybody. Yeah, realistically, probably. Yeah, okay. So is it just by age or is there other criteria in there? So the old criteria, the stuff we're still working on is still going to happen. So if you are at risk, you, your age, you're not going to be done by age. You will still be done by the fact that you are, you are at risk. So it doesn't matter risk. how old you are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so 16 to 64, you'll still be done by at risk. Yeah. And then we move on to age. So it's in 10 year brackets. So we're starting with the 64 to 55 year olds and moving our way down. Okay. So six, 64 year olds to, to 75 year olds? No, no, no. 64 to 55. Oh, sorry. I do apologize. Okay. And then it'll be 54 to 45. 45 so then I'm in the next criteria. Well, for some. 64 to 55, I'm 57. Yeah. Well, I'm in the some. next place. <laughs> okay, so when, when, was, when, am I, when am I being done? When, do that, when, do you look, when does that look like I'm going to be done? Does it, do they give any indications when they're, they're going to start before, that? They, they have to start that in the next couple of weeks. That okay. will have to be started in the next couple of weeks. All right, okay. But then That's also right you the will be prioritised if you are living or working in a crowded setting. Ashton, come in here quickly. We need a crowded setting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, I, and, and do you think that's a good idea? I mean, I know the reaction has been bad by certain unions, by teachers and guards and SNAs and other unions like that, and I appreciate their concerns, and I do respect yes, their concerns, course. but I think age is probably the fairest way to do this, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it always has been. It seems to be, and it's working for the likes of the US and the UK. It's working very, very well for them, so why oh, should we follow what's working? They're flying up in the UK, flying, and they're flying in Northern Ireland, absolutely flying. They'll be more worried about us than we were ever worried about them. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Ruth. No for coming in and talking to us about that. Now, by the way, on rela- in relation to vaccines, uh, locals in the town of Sneem in Kerry are hailing another big day this weekend uh, that will see all of its remaining over 70s and vulnerable adults given their second dose of the vaccine. And to join me on the line is Julie Knightley uh, from Dr. Ganzo's uh, in Sneem Healthcare Centre. Uh, good afternoon to you, Julie. 
Good afternoon, Niall. A lovely name, by the way, Dr. Ganzos. I'm loving the name. I'm loving the name. <laughs> so listen... And he's, he's actually Spanish, so... Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Well, I would imagine he was. Um, <laughs> but I mean, obviously, in the, the healthcare centre, Sneem, obviously. What, what is the population of Sneem, by the way? Well, on our, on our population list, on our database, we have um, about 3,000 people. Okay. Um, but that's hinterland, like it's a massive, um, it's a massive hinterland, so, you know... Yeah. Okay, so the, the main thing obviously was to get the vulnerable vaccinated. You've been very successful. The whole community has come together to get involved in this. I mean, you've acted as a community in relation to this. And, and tell me about that and how that worked out. Okay, well, we got a surprise delivery of Moderna, which we were absolutely delighted with. We got that on Friday, the 19th of February. Okay. And we got 300 doses. Okay. So we had time then to actually coordinate our clinics, you know, accordingly. Um, myself and the practice nurse, you know, Sullivan, we just sat down, looked at our lists. You know, the, um, we started with our over 85s, which was very emotional, actually, because they haven't been outside the house in a year. So we did that on the 23rd of February, and then we've been rolling on since. So mm. on the Saturdays we do, we have, we've been doing mass vaccinations. So tomorrow, please God, we're going to be doing our um, at-risk people. We've all our over 70s done. Okay. And anybody with un- and people with underlying conditions, how are they faring off? They're good. We have them all. We're going to hopefully they'll all have their second vaccine tomorrow. So yeah, okay. we're, and, doing, and, we're and, doing we're doing really well. And, and from a point of view of mental health, I suppose does that when you look at the over seventies, who a lot of them have spent most of their time in their homes over since in the last year, and when you're giving them that second jab, and you're saying, well, look, in two weeks' time, you know, you're free as a bird, you're bulletproof, so to speak, um, when it comes to COVID nineteen. Does it make a difference to their mental health? Do you think it puts a smile on their face? Are they feeling oh more confident God. about getting out and about meeting their friends? And Most definitely. Um, you can just see their elation, you know, and they're running in, like, you know, people who even can't walk very well. They were running out of their cars to get in to get their second vaccine. So, you know, and you'd be slagging them going, oh, you can book your holiday now to the Caribbean and all the rest. <laughs> yeah, but, they're yeah. just, but they're just so happy that at least they can actually go, you know, have a cup of tea with a friend. Or yeah, it's one less, thing to worry, one less thing to worry about, really, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And literally, there's a lot of them have not been outside their doors, you know, mm. and that also, you know, mental health and also their physical health, you know. It's very difficult. We, for the last year, we've been, like, checking in on them to make sure they're okay, um, and making sure that they do come to see the doctor to get their blood pressure done and all the rest. Because, you know, it is a very scary time for, yeah. you know, people who are vulnerable. So, mm. and, and in the town of Sneem, it's a small town, I suppose. In, it's very in, small, yeah. In, in Kerry, and people would know it. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful place, right? Yeah. I, COVID-19 in general over the last year, how has it affected a small town, I suppose, with a very small economy, a local economy? I mean, it must have devastated the town. Absolutely, because, you know, uh, 95% of our industry is tourism. Yeah. And, you know, we also, all of the buses, you know, I'm actually sitting in on my patio. And two years ago, I wouldn't be able to do that because there'd be about 20 buses going down at this time, you know, yeah, yeah. the Ring of Kerry. Yeah. Um, you know, so our community is really pulled together, just trying to keep the morale up, you know. But, you know, all of the, all of the tourist industries, our restaurants, our bars, our hotels, they're all closed. All those, you know, all those staff members are mm-hmm. 
all locals, things to yeah. do because they, you know it's it's just and it's very difficult for everybody you know for and how are they how from they a five year old to a ninety five year old you know and generally speaking the mood of people I mean we can I, to be honest with you I can see the mood changing a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I I do see a sense of people are tired and exhausted in being compliant and. Uh, I, I'm not certainly encouraging people to bait the guidelines. I want people to be responsible about how they react and how they act. Uh, obviously, people are very disappointed in the way the government are handling it and the certain aspects of the way they're handling it. But do you think people are start, starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel, Julia? Are they starting to look up a little bit? Is the mood changing a little bit? Well, definitely down here because, you know, as they've been, Spain has been referred to as the safest village in Ireland. But, you know, also there's... Uh, you know, you have the teenagers and the you know the twenty somethings. They're fed up. They they want to be in yeah, college. They want to be in school. Yeah. You know, and it's and in general in the population here, you know, they've been really compliant. They haven't been having the mass parties or any of that stuff. Mm. And in fairness, the HSC really, really, really looked at you know this the cohorts in the village and the geographical area and just went, okay, we are going to give this Moderna because it's going to make a difference to, to that community, yes. To the community. And, lo- and they did that with quite a lot of the rural, rural settings. And mm. for that, I, I think it's amazing the HSC really needs to be commended for that. Okay, okay. Well, look... Uh, I know everybody likes to bash people, but, you know, you know there are positive stories as mm. well, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And listen, I, it, it's wonderful to hear. And listen, thank you very much indeed. And thank you to all the people, no by problem. the way, Stephen. Thank I know, you very it's, much. It's great to listen to that community spirit again, because it's been a long time since we've had it. So listen, thank you very much I, indeed, Yeah, you. thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you go. Julie Knightley uh, from Dr. Ganzo's uh, clinic, our Sneem Healthcare Centre, should I say. And uh, in Sneem, they're hoping to have everybody vaccinated over the age of 70 and those with the underlying condition. So those who are most at risk. Vaccine Watch on Ireland's Classic Hits. <laughs>